I've been puzzling over something that I want to say really clearly. And what I've written for this episode as the show thesis is hypocrisy doesn't begin to describe needle rapists screaming for bodily autonomy and men who buy women's wombs caterwauling about the so-called Republicans handmaiden tale post Roe. It's not quite there yet. And then it occurred to me, uh, everything the party does stands in aversion to and opposition to God, everything. And so, of course, they have the same response to truth that a um, fictional vampire does to the sun. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. <clears throat> a time, or as I'm recording this, it's broken news that Joe Kennedy has won his case in front of the Supreme Court. And it goes right into what we're talking about in this episode of the Todd Herman Show. We don't get to do stuff like this, at least not at this level, without our partners. Uh, for instance, it's sodaweightloss.com. I know what it's like to have 150 pounds of unwanted fat on my body, and I'm telling you, life is better without it. It really, really is. It's sodaweightloss.com. My wife is also a soda client, sodaweightloss.com. So yeah, Joe Kennedy has won his case in front of the Supreme Court. And, and this just goes down to this fact that um, <clears throat> the, the party members and people who are hypnotized by the party have grown to hate truth. And the it's not just truth. There, there's obviously material objective truth that they hate. But it's also that there is any system for truth that is not simply because we say so. They, they can't stand that because we say so doesn't suffice. And there's a lot of causal factors that we could talk about in here. That is a generation of people raised to believe that they're the center of the universe. Certainly that's true. We could talk about the causal factors that for years, the party has been positioning people to, to fall over for appeal to authority. Common core math was exactly that. It was all about uh, making things complicated and then appealing to authority for the answer. It's, it's remarkable the way these things fit together. So Joe Kennedy was a football coach from the former state of Washington. Now, of course, a, a separate country of Washington. And he simply did this. He would take um, he would take a knee at the fifty yard line after after a football game, and he would pray to to Jesus. And this got him. He lost his job. He's been through a series of appeals on this, and it always came down to, of course, state religion. Right? Always came down to that fiction. Always came down to that. And that's Fox News refusing to stop playing in the background. Love that. Love that. Love it when they do that with the browser. So it, among his many appeals, it always came down to, yeah, but we, we can't do that. He's, he, he's acting on behalf of the state. He's not. This is after the football game. And Joe Kennedy himself has never been a state Joe Kennedy is a guy who was a football coach and paid to coach football after the game to take a knee and to pray as he wishes. And sometimes students joined him. The position was, well, this, this violates the, uh, the separation between church and state, which doesn't exist. The separation is between the state and church, not between church and state. There's a very important distinction here. And the distinction is that we do not have a government-sponsored religion of any sort. And, and I back this because it's not Christianity if it's state-enforced. It's not. Lord Jesus never forced anyone to do anything. And God very rarely forces people to do things. Well, unless you count 
you know, casting out demons. He forced demons to leave the body of a man. Certainly that's, that's force. But those aren't people, they're demons. So the, the, you know, the separation of church and state is that the state doesn't get to reach into the church and control it or limit it. It certainly doesn't mean that Christians, members of the body of Christ, don't get to act out their faith in their life. Now, if that enters into the classroom and a teacher, a Christian teacher is saying that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, and the life, that's true. Uh, And it's also religious doctrine and therefore doesn't belong in a so-called secular classroom. There's no such thing as a secular world because God owns it all, but it doesn't belong in a secular classroom. Fine. Because you could be then sponsoring a religion. Now that can be gotten around where you could say, hey, Muslim teachers can say Muhammad is whatever Muhammad is, the prophet. If, if you're a religious teacher, you can say, yeah, I believe this. This is my, which is what it should be. Because they're individual human beings paid by the state. As long as they're saying, hey, it's my opinion. This is it. I'm a Christian or I'm a Muslim or I'm a, I'm a pagan, you know, devil worshiping um, person who wants to turn you into a sex fiend. Oh, wait, that's happening. That's right. That's okay. That's happening. So Joe Kennedy's won this. And, and later today, we're going to talk with Heidi Harris. And if you listen to the five minute focus, you heard a bit of a great um, compliment she gave me. She's actually the one who deserves the compliment. She is a talk show host and has been for uh, almost three decades. She was canceled and she refused to be conquered. And she points out something great about the Joe Kennedy case. The same leftist, and in her case, she quotes Sports Illustrated, who said that, oh, well, Joe Kennedy was, uh, he was, it may be his free speech, but he's speaking to impressionable youth. That's the same Sports Illustrated who has absolutely no problem with, with, with teachers uh, on their official duty. Getting kids shot up with wrong sex hormones, no problem. Irreversible damage done to them, no problem. Are they impressionable then? No problem teaching them to hate their neighbors because they're white. No problem. Teaching five-year-olds the joys of mutual masturbation. No problem. We can't have chills on free speech. And this goes to the heart of all this. It's not just, it's under the cover of abortion, uh, under the cover of COVID, under the cover of tolerance. What the party is demonstrating is an emotional, and I would regard it as spiritual hatred of our ability to debate their ideas. A spiritual hatred of the fact that it doesn't work for them to say, I said, this is what we have to do. Let me give you an example. This is from Occupy Democrats and this is from social media, but if you don't, if you don't use Twitter, let me just tell you, this is a huge tweet. When I took the screenshot yesterday, it was 63,000 likes, almost 5,000 quote tweets. Breaking. Oklahoma Democrat announces that he's planning to introduce a bill that will mandate each male when they reach puberty, get a mandatory vasectomy that's only reversible when they reach the point of fiscal uh, of financial and emotional stability. RT, if you support this bill, retweet it if you support this bill. And some Oklahoma Democrat has apparently arrived at the conclusion that because a man exists, he should be forced to have um, a surgery that would render him incapable of reproducing because he exists. So that's an action taken by the fact that he exists. The prohibitions against abortion are not that it is not it's not hey you get an abortion before you have sex no you have sex the baby's conceived then you choose to have an abortion and at that point this third person enters into it and that's the person of the child the, the baby now you can't not get that unless you have become a hater of objective reality. The situation changed. A new person has entered the scene. And these are the same Democrats who will say, your right to drive an SUV doesn't give you the right to destroy my planet. Your right to have a larger than than, than normal house does does not overcome my right to live in a world free from pollution. 
But your right for convenience gives you the right to destroy a child living in the environment in your body. We live in the environment that God has created in earth, on earth, but the atmosphere, we live in this. You could consider it a womb. In fact, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good turn of phrase. Because this isn't our ultimate destination. I mean, we talk about being born again in the blood of Christ. Okay, we're born again. But ultimately, where are we birthed from? This is temporary. We are reborn again in, in a body given to us, which is a um, which which is the body that the Lord provides us forever. It's a glorified body. We're in a womb right now. If you want to look at it that way, and the left doesn't want to look at it that way. So this guy thinks this is some kind of clever comparison. And to people who have come to hate the truth, it is a clever comparison. When in fact, the comparison would be, okay, if you want to go that way, then you would say that young women will be mandated to get their tubes tied that's reversible only when they reach the point of financial and emotional stability. And yes, you can dig through this Occupy Democrats tweet in a thousand different ways. Wait a minute, are you going to do this to BIPOC people? No, no, wait, wait. You Democrats have told us black people can't get IDs. Black people can't get jobs. Black people cannot become financially stable. Black people can't be expected to be emotionally stable. So this is a racist tweet. It all falls apart because it's all coming from a core lie. And that core lie is there is no instruction kit for life. The core lie is there's no creator. The core lie is since there's no creator, there's no objective truth. The core lie is since there's no objective truth, then, then our power is what determines what you're going to do. We have the power to, to craft and create truth. And they believe that. I don't think that the victims of Democrats believe that because it's too structural. It's too cognitive. They sense it. It's, it's been wound into their emotions. And this is quickly pointed out when you get to the topic of bodily autonomy. This is the, um, this is the dictator of Michigan. And she has the audacity to speak of bodily autonomy. This woman banned you from buying seeds to grow food. She jailed barbers for cutting hair. As her staff went on vacation, maskless and uninjected, they kept Michiganders from working, from buying gas, etc. And she has the audacity now to speak about bodily autonomy, not to mention that, but to use the exact phrase that the, the, the Democrats have used to say President Trump created an insurrection. And oh, incidentally, the, the dictator of Michigan... Uh, Whitmer, she knows that's the phrase. She knows exactly what she's doing here. Today is a sad day in America. For 49 years, nearly my entire lifetime, Roe has been the law of the land. We can all sense the hopelessness and despair that tens of millions of Americans, including the 2.2 million Michigan women, are feeling right now. And the consequences of the Dobbs ruling are clear. But today's decision, Michigan's extreme 1931 abortion ban, which doesn't even include exceptions for rape or incest, is at risk of taking effect. And I'm disappointed that the GOP legislative leaders have gone to court to defend that ban. For now, a Michigan court has put a temporary injunction on that ban, but that decision's been appealed. Michigan's ban could go back into effect, punishing women and putting doctors and nurses behind bars. And that's why I filed a lawsuit in April and used my executive authority to urge the Michigan Supreme Court to immediately decide whether Michigan's state constitution protects our right to health care and to abortion. However, we personally feel about abortion. Health, not politics, should drive important medical decisions. We must trust women, not politicians, to make decisions about our own bodies. This is a tough day. There's no doubt that women across the country will suffer because of this decision. I want every Michigander to know that no matter what happens in Washington, D.C., I'm gonna fight like hell to protect access to safe, 
legal abortion in Michigan. In this moment, let's work together and take action to ensure that future generations have the same rights that we have had. If she cared that she said fight like hell or her staff said, are you sure you want to use fight like hell? Because that's what Trump said. And it led to an insurrection. Um, it didn't it didn't get cut from the video. And I guarantee these things go through review. There's lawyers who look at this. You never put out a statement like this without a lawyer looking at it, without a comms team looking at it. She didn't tape that herself. She didn't apply that filter herself. She didn't do any of that herself. You can peel back the layers of hypocrisy on this, but it goes deeper than hypocrisy. For instance, if a woman decides to have a baby, let's say that two people, they're, they're not married, um, or maybe they are, and the, 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 they get pregnant. The woman gets pregnant. And the man says to the woman, I don't want a baby. This doesn't work for my lifestyle. It's inconvenient for me. I'm not financially ready. Kill that baby. And the woman says, no, I'm not going to have an abortion. The man says, no, that's part my child. That's part me. I want that baby killed. I want that baby aborted. This doesn't fit with my lifestyle. No, no, I refuse. I'm going to have the baby. All right, then. Uh, here's a piece of paper, and I did this in 1994 in radio. It was, I called it the male abortion. I think I was the first person to suggest this. And I don't want this. You'd be scum if you did this as a man. A man who fails to care for his child uh, is biblically very, very clear. You will. You are failing the first covenant. That's the first love. You love your neighbor? Well, you got to love your child. You got to provide for your family. If you do that, I don't even know that you can, I don't, until you take care of your child, I don't think you can be redeemed. And you can find the Lord and say, I've done wrong and I want to be redeemed. And step one would be, okay, go back to that life you created and steward that life. That's step one, Right. So in that case, the man could say, great, here's a contract. It's called the male abortion. You're going to sign this. Um, and it says that I am absolved of any financial or, or emotional responsibility to this child whatsoever. And leftists would say, well, but, but, but you can't do that. You'd leave the woman on her own. Yes. Otherwise, the man is forced to use his body to earn a living to pay for that child's life, that child that he wanted aborted. But, 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 but that's not fair. He'd be forcing this woman to have a, a, a medical procedure. It all goes back to a sin problem. It all goes back to there's God. And families start with married couples. And it comes from an understanding that children are a gift from God to be stewarded. You don't own your kids. We don't own people. We are asked to steward, we're told to steward our children. But when you wipe that out, you get into arguments like I just provided. And we can do this throughout her, her screed there. As she wants to now all of a sudden, once again, care about bodily autonomy. She doesn't get to do that. You don't get to needle rape people, Gretchen Whitmer. Rapists don't get to go talk about bodily autonomy. You're a rapist. You're a needle rapist. But but we told you to. We warned you. We told you. You see, this is the rage. Their policy is rage. All of their policies are, are, are based in rage. Find me a leftist policy not based in rage and a policy from the Mitch McConnells of the world that are not based in submission. Find me that. And yes, Mitch had a huge hand in getting us these Supreme Court decisions, at least on that front. Mitch just well played the long game. Honestly, on that front, we owe Mitch thanks as well as we owe Donald Trump thanks for so many of these decisions. Got to be honest to be able to say that. I don't like thanking Mitch McConnell. <laughs> kind of makes my stomach turn. It can seem so frustrating uh, when you're trying to, let's say, in an environment like this, buy a house. And believe it or not, there are areas around the country where that still makes sense. You know, I get emails from our partners at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. There are, in fact, places 
in the country where it makes sense to buy. I, I was surprised to learn that, but I read through what they sent me and it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And if you're looking to purchase a house, the advantage of using um, American financing at AmericanFinancing.net is this, number one, speed. They can get things done very, very, very quickly. For instance, a refinance in 10 days. Uh, malleability. They're, they're flexible. Why? Because they're a husband and wife team. They're married. They make decisions around the kitchen table. Well, that means they're too small. Uh-uh. They're a national mortgage bank. They didn't start out as a national mortgage bank. They started with $5,000 on their credit card. That was 20 years ago, two decades and they finally got big enough that Rush Limbaugh was willing to do ads for them. God rest Rush. A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, 7,000 or so, just about 7,000 reviews on Google that averaged 4.8 stars. Okay, so those are nice things. Give me the material things. Okay, this. At American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net, go get pre-approved and they will lock that interest rate for four months. Yeah, before the Fed raises it again, lock the interest rate. You don't just know how much you're approved to purchase. You'll know what your down payment's going to be. You'll know what your monthly payments are going to be because you lock it for four months, 120 days. You can do that at AmericanFinancing.net or you can call them. And when you call them, understand this. There's not a person there who gets paid a dime in commissions, not one. So they have absolutely no reason to get you into a deal that doesn't work for you. Oh, and then they don't charge upfront fees. So if time is tight, you're saying, man, we got to move now. Or, you know, I'm losing a job now and I got to wrap up this home. Or I understand they'll take into account all your finances, unique and otherwise. Get it locked now. American Financing, 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. So, you know, you have a sense. Um, I've, I admitted this the other day to my neighbor, Mike. Maybe I shouldn't have done this because probably now he thinks poorly of me. Um, but I don't like snakes. In fact, he was the second person that I admitted that to. I can't remember who else I said that to. Uh, I get an instant visceral response to snakes. Even if it's a Gartner snake, I know they can't harm you. I mean, intellectually, I know I can pick up a Gartner snake by the tail or a bull snake or, you know, I get that. They can't really harm you, but I, I'm repulsed by snakes. In fact, I was walking the dogs the other day up the hill and a snake was sunning itself in the street. Then I thought for a second, I wasn't wearing my glasses. Oh, that's a weird stick. I thought, oh, it's a snake. It's like people who don't understand firearms. They see one and they think it's going to jump off, or jump out of the safe and chase them around the house until it tackles them and then, you know, kills them, shoots them and shoot, shoots itself in their head. This is how people respond on the left to truth and logic. And, and you want to know why? I think snakes are foreign things. They don't have legs. They're scaly. They're, they're slimy looking. I know they're not slimy, by the way, but they're slimy looking. They're, they're foreign. What we are seeing is people being confronted with something utterly foreign to them, which is the existence of material reality. And it's deeply disturbing to them because they're saying, what is this? What is this material reality? How do I deal with this material reality? Now, they don't think of it as material reality because they just think it's an opinion. Common core generation of kids were taught that you can base an opinion on having read a brief paragraph describing a circumstance. So they'd give you um, a circumstance involving three people. You read it and you come back and say, what is your opinion on this? You don't have an opinion. You have feelings at that point. You have no background. You have no context, but a paragraph. They were deeply, they were really moving kids into forming opinions when they don't have enough information. You have to be able to say, I don't have enough information to form an opinion. Or you have to have something on which you base your opinion. Now, in the world of secular humanism, all truth lays within the frontal cortexes of the people thinking. 
Truth is whatever resides in the thinker's head, you get enough people who think alike and they get enough weapons or money and they will now enforce that their truth becomes your reality. That's what they sense. That's what they seek. And so it freaks them out when there are people like us who come from a perspective of actual material reality. It harms them emotionally. This is Anna Navarro Cardenas, and I've quoted her earlier this week. She apparently identifies as Catholic and identifies as a Republican. This is her on Twitter. Then we'll get to Dinesh D'Souza's response. If you're against abortion, don't get one. If you're against contraception, don't take any. If you're against same-sex relationships, don't have one. If you're against same-sex marriage, don't marry someone of the same gender. Don't impose your beliefs and religion on all Americans. Dinesh D'Souza, if you're against killing people, don't kill anyone. If you're against racial discrimination, don't discriminate. If you don't want to abuse children, don't abuse them. But stop telling others not to do these things. Don't impose your personal moral beliefs on the rest of us. That's the way the game is played when you get to secular humanism. Truth resides in the frontal cortex of the person speaking it. When you get enough people who agree in their frontal cortex that the truth is there's no such thing as life beyond until a baby is 10 months old, they gather together, they get into a gang and a mob. That mob goes through a fight. It beats people, it kills people, it burns things down. It achieves power at the point of the fist then it says, this is now true. Or there's the word of God. Oh, no, no, no. Secular humanists can be peaceful people. Certainly they can. But when you're going to impose upon people your views and you're going to force them to accept your views as truth, you're going to get pushback. Now, those of us who are discipled Christians, we have a conundrum because we are told to turn the other cheek until It comes to the word of God. I almost said that like God. Until it comes to God's word. At that point, we never give ground. At that point, there is no receipt. There's no retreat. There's no negotiation. We do not, will not be forced to deny the word of God. We will not be forced to, um, to violate the word of God. This is what the party has been doing for a decade, forcing Christians to violate the word of God. And for that matter, to to another degree, um, uh, Muslims, because Muslims are very, very much against anything other than than traditional Muslim marriage, very much against it. Adherent, observant, strict, even extreme Muslims agree on all that. So you see the pattern? Everything the party does stands against God. God is truth. They can't stand truth. And so it makes it down into the minds of the kids. And here's another example. So Gretchen Whitmer talks about, I'm going to fight like hell. Well, we know that's insurrection talk. And of course, it doesn't matter there. But here is a domestic terror group, Antifa, who are fascists, legitimate fascists. How do I know? Because they use violence and money and power to force other people to do their bidding. Antifa is a domestic terror group. They've been training in the streets of Portland for over two years. These are sounds of them in Los Angeles surrounding cops. I'll play the sound, then I'll tell you what they were doing as they surrounded these cops. So, yeah, it's ambient sound, but I'm going to tell you what these people were doing to cops in Los Angeles. And if you're a cop, law enforcement, you know, yeah, sorry about the, the, we're not scared of you. Yeah, and you know where stuff like that ends up and you know what the story will be in the media. So this is the rage moment they were looking for. They had their days of rage with George Floyd last time. This is their days of rage moment now. Night of rage, as Twitter promoted. 
Hey, if you um, are trying to go it alone and dropping unwanted fat from your body, I just have one question, which is, how's it been going? And if you come to me and say, swimmingly, in fact, I have dropped a bunch of unwanted fat. I've found my set point and my body seems to like the set point I'm at. And it's been two years. I will look you in the eye and say, awesome. That's so good for you because saving your heart, being able to do more things. In fact, spending less money on food, truly. And when I ask you that question, how has it gone trying to drop unwanted fat on your own? And you say, I just keeps coming back or I'm not getting it done. Or you could be like me. You could be in the gym every day. Legitimately, um, when I was really lifting a lot of weights, like actually lifting actual man weights, uh, I was in the gym twice a day, three days a week, once on uh, two days a week. So a total of seven vis- gym visits uh, a week. And I still was not dropping body fat. And it's because I didn't seek help. So you could be stuck. Here's a way to get unstuck. In fact, it's the way in my mind, it's soda weight loss, S-O-T-A weight loss.com. And here's why it gets you unstuck is because they're healthcare providers by background. They recognize that everybody's body biology has you know, largely similar factors, but unique behaviors. So when you do your initial intake interview and discussion with the nutritionist, they're going to talk to you about things like trigger foods and, hey, what time are you most hungry? What time do you go to bed? When do you get up? What sort of exercise do you like? If you crave one food overall, it's like you, you get it, you, you jones for something. What is that food for which you jones? They're not just talking to hear themselves talk. They're creating a profile of you. And they're going to match that up against these success points they've had all these years, started with one location in Dallas, Texas. Then it was two up to seven in Texas. At that point, people from all over the Southwest, in fact, the Southeast to the Southwest were coming to them. And the light bulb went off. Why, why aren't we doing this nationwide? You do not need to go into soda to get this done. You can get this done from your home. They will provide you with convenience foods because you don't ever want to be hungry when you're trying to drop unwanted fat from your body. Hunger is a detriment when you're trying to drop this fat. They will tell you how much fat you can expect to lose each week. Consequently, you can say, how much money are you going to invest in a body that is far, far better off, that can last the long term. It's the last thing the party wants. They want us all to be diabetics and pre-diabetics. Well, why get the party what they want? It's Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com. So in that clip that I played, is a sad day. that clip, not of, of Gretchen Whitmer, but that clip I played, what they're doing is this is Antifa who has surrounded law enforcement officers. The cops have each other's back. They're literally in a circle facing the crowd. The Antifa types are throwing homemade explosives at them, IEDs, improvised explosive devices. This is taking fireworks and taping them together. Um, You tape enough uh, piccolo peats together, you got yourself an explosive device. They're tossing them at cops. You hear them screaming, we're not afraid of you. Well, when they have drilled this stuff, In the streets of Portland for the past several years, almost three years, they're not afraid. It's become normalized. And when Antifa started to teach people how to attack cops in the Georgetown area of Seattle a decade ago. And I said, you do understand that this is a terrorist group teaching people how to hide swords in protest signs how to use ball bearings to trip and maim and kill police horses. And by the way, cops, you do understand this is training for street warfare, right? Oh, it's just a group of hippies. It's soy boys. Well, yeah, but soy boys with enough weapons and they're dangerous. And eventually you surround enough cops. One of the cops is going to pull a weapon. They're going to kill a rioter to defend their lives, and then you know exactly. I'm Grim Milestone, shock in the streets of Los Angeles as a police officer shot and killed an unarmed protester, an African-American woman who was studying to be a lawyer, the first in her family ever to have an opportunity to graduate from college, black, unarmed, shot and killed by a white Los Angeles police officer who says he was defending his life. The last part, they'll stay real quickly. So again, it's not 
just hypocrisy. They hate the truth of what they have fostered. Great example. A lawyer named uh, Colleen D. Amidia points this out, and this is really, really smart. Oh, pardon me, I have the wrong name. Really, really smart. This is the this is the guy who is filming Antifa. That's that guy's name, Colleen Dalamidia. He points out that they're using the same tactics as Antifa. No, I'm referring to in a lawyer, Joseph D. McBride, says something about these current riots. This is exactly right. I've noticed something about these protests. And he's speaking here about the D.C. protests. The Capitol Police have not flash banged, bear sprayed, or shot the protesters with rubber bullets. I also noticed there are fences around the Supreme Court. And the police have not opened up the doors to let people in. Wow. That's really fascinating, ain't it, though? Now, the Supreme Court, as I understand it, takes care of their own security decisions. So they probably didn't want to have rioters in there trying to destroy them or to break into their offices. They probably didn't want an Ashley Babbitt situation in the courts or in the court building. Who was in charge of the Capitol? The same people who screamed insurrection when uh, President Trump said the same thing that Gretchen Whitmer said. The same people. The truth is easily discernible. You chose one setup for the court, another setup for the Capitol Hill. You chose one setup for Portland, which is let them continue to try to kill federal cops. You chose another in Washington, D.C., one attempt, one break-in, that's it. Everybody goes to jail for two years without charges. Everybody's in solitary. We're going to track you down. Even if you're an 80-year-old man who lives in Harlem and did nothing but went to a speech, we're going to frog march you. We're going to search your computers. The truth is discernible. But these people have been not just traumatized or hypnotized, they've been seduced into a sense that they can sense. We have the power to make truth what we say it is. Do you know who has the power to make truth what they say it is? God, period. He is truth. He is light. He's the only entity with that legitimate power. So when other people attempt to steal truth, they're attempting to steal from God in your name. And now the kids, the, the young people in the streets of Antifa, they don't know this. This isn't a construct of which they're aware they're, they've been taught to be street thugs. They think they're fighting literal Nazis. If you talk to them, they'll tell you, we're fighting literal Nazis. But the sense of things, that's why I spoke about snakes. I have a sense. Whatever it is about me, I, I see a snake and I instantly hate the snake. Or I fear the snake. To be more honest, I fear the snake. Other way around. I see a crying child. I am instantly drawn to help. In fact, I see a despondent human being. I'm instantly, I feel drawn to help. Now, part of that's the Holy Spirit changing me with adults, honestly. I've always been, oh my gosh, that young woman's crying. I should help that young woman. But I don't know, maybe that's me. It's a, it's a mating instinct, right? The other day I was driving down the road and there was a young man and he was in a leather jacket and he was, it was a hot day. I thought, hey, why is he in a leather jacket on a hot day? Then I saw that he was um, crouched down on the street corner crying. I was really busy. I had to get back and record the podcast. And I remember to my great shame, I went, oh, no. Oh, no. Because I knew I have to turn around. I said that there was a uh, moped parked on the side of the street. I thought, oh, no. This is disrupting my day. But I got to turn around. He's a brother and he's in need. And so I turned around and I met him. Turned out he had just moved here uh, from Seattle. He has overcome for now and may God continue to make it so. He's overcome a meth addiction. And like a lot of people who've been addicted to meth, sometimes he doesn't make the best decisions. He rode that moped from here over to another area to get his uh, government check. And it wasn't open that day. Couldn't get his government check. So he had no money for gas. And he said, could you take me back to this place? And I said, no, it's too far away, but I'll go buy you a gas can and gas. Let's do that. So I got to talk with him a little bit. Very pleasant man. Very pleasant. Very open about what he's been through. 
I didn't hide anything. Um, and I, I said, hey, you know, my church helps people. And he said, oh, real life? I said, hey, how'd you know? And it turns out that he is a member of my church. And he's staying with his brother. And this brother, uh, his name is John, has turned it around, man. He's in the process of turning it around. So there's a positive of this too, being drawn to help others. We sense that. So we can sense things in a positive sense, but you can also this way. Like, you know, if you're a dude, you know when another dude's scared of you. If you are in a situation and you're about to fight someone, you get that sense. Oh, he's afraid of me. And at that point, you know, you've won. Someone's afraid of you. You've probably won unless they're so scared they pull a gun and shoot you in the head. The crowd can sense the power. Look, we just attacked 15 cops. We threw things at them and we threw bottles of urine and we, and we, we, we threw fireworks at them and nothing happened. We're powerful. They can sense it. And I've spoken often before about the fact that it is not an accident that Antifa recruits people who are gender rebellious. And they say, listen to us. We will make this scum recognize the fact that you're a woman. They say to these men, we will make them call you woman. And you have this deep psychotic desire in this group of people called um, gatophiliacs where they're sexually aroused by, by people believing they're women. Or it's not really even believing, but being forced to pretend they're women. Well, of course, they're going to be attracted to that. You take that and multiply it against racial grievance. We will make them admit they live on stolen land. We will make them take the knee to BLM. We will make them kill the babies. We will make them take the injections. We will make them pay reparations. We'll do this in your name because we have this insane power. Well, that's, that's, how, that's how societies topple. That's how societies topple. Particularly when you have a deeply senile and confused old man who is quite literally nothing more than a figurehead. Wait until you hear Joseph R. Biden in a classroom full of kids who are still wearing woke masks. Biden peels his woke mask off of his um, <clears throat> lying orifice and he accidentally speaks the truth. He does. So, hey, I was just having a conversation uh, with the team. And this podcast has grown by 15% month over month. There is only one explanation for that. That is you. And I'll be very, very, very honest with you. Um, the only way podcasts continue to exist is if people share it with friends. That's the only way it happens. Like you can advertise and we're doing that. Uh, we're going to promote it and we're doing that. And I want to be eminently clear that the Lord has blessed us with financial support. So this isn't crying poor. This is crying logic. I know very few things well. One of the things I know well because the Lord has blessed me with this is the media business. Programs that don't grow eventually die. So if you value the show, take a favorite episode or the best, maybe the best way to do this is the five minute focus. Maybe that's the best way. If you get the five minute focus and you subscribe to that, that's your chance to simply hit the share button on your app. If you're listening on a podcast app, there's a share button. You can send that to friends, particularly the five minute focus, because then they don't have to invest much time. Sometimes a five minute focus will go seven minutes. But at that point, they get a taste of what we do and the podcast grows. Will you commit to do that, please? That's the very, very best way you can help us. Sometimes people ask, how can I help? That's the best way to help grow the podcast. And there's such a thing as thriving versus staying alive. Growth equals the ability to thrive. So another uh, great point. Someone pointed this out on Twitter. This is a Dr. Nicole Safier. Um, Joe Biden in this clip, the setting is he's in a school. And the kids are all wearing woke masks, but not the great man. He peels his woke mask off so he can be heard. He's talking about Dr. Shaw, who's a political, a 
appointee and advisor to Biden on how to continue to scare people about the COVID flu. But listen to the way the figurehead slips here. Well, is a doc here? No, I'm sorry. He's the guy that's running the CDC for me these days, basically. And he's up there. He's standing on stage. He's ready to perform. <laughs> He gets a laugh line out of that, but it's so phenomenal. The accidental truth. That man has a soundstage in Washington, D.C. that's a replica of the Oval Office. The Politico published the Politico. The reason that soundstage exists is because that man is so senile that he can't have press avails unless they have a teleprompter. He can't read a normal teleprompter. Not in situations like that. So they need a big screen teleprompter. That man goes and gets injections in front of people that we're told to believe is the mRNA. I have no reason to believe it's the mRNA. I wouldn't inject them with the mRNA unless there's specific batches that are safe. Oh yeah, that's a can of worms. So he talks about Jaw getting up to perform on a stage. His entire presidency is a performance. All of it. But it's when he says Jaw runs the CDC. Well, first of all, he doesn't say Jaw. He can't remember his name. It's, oh, is the doctor here? Uh, the guy, the fellow with the uh, Indian name, you know, he used to work at a donut shop. You can't go into a, a donut shop without a slight Indian accent. Jaw, it's, uh, you smell like that uh, licorice spice. That's, he doesn't remember his name, but then he says he runs the CDC. He says basically runs the CDC for me. Of course he does. Rochelle Walensky is in charge of nothing. Fauci's trying to hide. They all know the human rights catastrophe. They all know the all-cause mortality. They know it. They simply can't get themselves out of the core lie. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA as delivery system. He never, ever, ever said he invented the mRNA injections for COVID. He said he was one of the core inventors. His name was first in the patents for mRNA as a delivery system for medicine. Here he is talking about some of the ways people are injured by these insane injections and think about how angry it makes people when this news is reported. It's not adequate to only consider the short-term adverse events as related to the vaccine. We must acknowledge that the genetic COVID-19 genetic injections cause far more harm than good and provide zero benefit relative to risk for the young and healthy. They do not reduce COVID-19 infection, which is treatable and not terminal. Furthermore, the most recent data demonstrates that you are more likely to become infected or have disease or even death if you've been vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated people. This is shocking to hear, but it is what the data are showing us. The data now show that these experimental gene therapy treatments can damage your children as well as yourself. They can damage your heart, your brain, your reproductive tissue, and your lungs. This can include permanent damage and disablement of your immune system. Now, just think about how angry it makes them when they hear that. A truth, a core truth. But there are people who are beginning to fight back. And they're in Congress. It's tiny baby steps. Uh, Republicans led by Mike Johnson from Louisiana has called for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to be fired if he does not repeal the uh, figurehead's injection diktat for our troops. We're about to lose top guns, Navy SEALs, and just great military people. Finally, there's a pushback, but once again, notice who they will not target, Big Pharma. The Republicans are scared of Big Pharma, which means they're scared of the truth, 
which means they're scared to speak the truth. And we already see that in the entire discussion about life, no one said it's God's. No one said God created it. No one said God was very clear about how we're to treat children. No one said it. They went, but on, on Ukraine, I'll never forget Mitch McConnell. Uh, President wants to make sure uh, I told presidents need to be a clean line bill. I uh, support Ukraine. Uh, he said he'd think about that. Got back to me in 15 minutes. Uh, we have a bipartisan agreement to give a down payment, $49 billion to Ukraine. Uh, Republican Democrats came together next bipartisan moment. Okay, fine. Russia attacked Ukraine. Oh, by the way, <laughs> a top Zelensky advisor is under fire for calling LGB so-called T people deviants. Oh, and, and then, then this, the, the Ukrainian constitution defines marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Oh, and then this, Zelensky upheld that when he signed the recent Istanbul Convention Bill, which is designed to combat violence towards women. But wait a minute, what are women? See, you scratch at the surface. You touch the surface of the fake paintings they've created. They're a version of Dorian Gray. And now Dorian Gray is beginning to age and we can see it's not just hypocrisy. It is a absolute psychological and I regard it as spiritual aversion to the truth. And I do mean spiritual. This is a guest on MSNBC. And it started with a discussion with a Slate editor, pollster, NBC law and politics analyst, Dahlia Lithwick. And the host, Maria Kumar, declared that the U.S. is now against a global trends. Well, as a matter of fact, we're one of the few countries with all-in abortion, China and North Korea being amongst those. Mexico had been forced to follow down that path, but nowhere near as bizarre as it's become in the United States of America. National trends or international trends? Listen to this woman who explains that she's a Catholic. In fact, they, they, they both consider themselves Catholic if we do not think that this is a spiritual battle. But what I also found was striking is that just last year, we saw South American countries, heavily Catholic countries like Colombia, like Mexico, saying that abortion was the law of the land. We have a Supreme Court justice that is very much tilted on, a Catholic, uh, on Catholicism, saying that this is something that shouldn't be done. As a Catholic myself, I find it abhorrent. Okay, stop. You're not a Catholic. They hate this truth. You are not a Catholic. I'm going to say this to my mother, and I love her dearly. Your own faith says in the canons of the Catholic Church, you cannot be pro-abortion and Catholic. That's what it says. You're going to talk law of the land. You just talked law of the land. And I am quoting to you the law of the Catholic Church, the canons thereof. You see how they can never square it. One second, it is, we agree with the law of the land, for instance. Roe was, this is grim milestone, Roe had been established law for 50 years, established in rock. But remember, the Constitution is living and breathing. It's living and breathing when they want it to be. It's written in stone when they don't want it to be. It's, it's, they can't square it because they're liars. Because the core of this is a lie. Because the core lie is there's no God, therefore there's no truth. She continues. How do you reconcile this whole idea that we're now seeing an activist judge on the Supreme Court that is basically saying, mandating how the majority of Americans should live based on their own religious beliefs? Okay, so another lie. That's not what it says. Roe doesn't mandate anything. Roe mandates nothing. The, the dissolution of Roe, I should say. The Dobbs decision says vote on it. If it's that popular, vote on it. Win hearts and minds or commit election fraud, which is easier. That's what it says. It doesn't impose a view on anybody. Secondly, there is no religion in this. Certainly, Amy Coney Barrett's and, and other people's religions can, can inform their view on abortion. But this is straightforward constitutionalism. Does the Constitution protect abortion? No, not in any way, shape, matter, the affection, or form. It's, it's not just a great question, Maria. I think it's the question that this is fundamentally 
theological issue. It is fundamentally a matter of personal conscience. And there's so much in this discussion around Roe, around Casey, that is inflected, as you say, by not just religious ideas, but sectarian religious ideas about when personhood begins. Okay, but none of that was material to this decision. Yes, there was a state that said new scientific methods show that this is very much life. Yes, that was part of this. But the constitutional argument is not part of this. It is, does, con- does the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, do they protect the right to end the pregnancy with abortion? No. Where then does it belong? In the states. Yes, there's a deeply theological position about life. And there is none of the Abrahamic faiths believe that life came about happenstantially through random mutations. None of them believe that. One of them believes that there is a triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a triune God from the very beginning who was always and will be always, always existed, always will exist, who created human life, mirrored in their image. About what's called ensoulment, which is a theological concept. Those are not secular ideas, and yet the court frames this as a purely secular, non-religious conversation. No, the court was asked a secular, non-religious question. Does the Constitution protect the right to abort a baby? The answer is no. Where then does it go? Because it's not in the Constitution. It goes to the states because that's what the Tenth Amendment says. And so we can't even have the conversation about why we are having the court imposing what in many, many instances are theological notions. Okay, we're back to imposing. The court has imposed nothing. Roe imposed. The existence of Roe versus Wade imposed. You don't get to stop the killing of babies on an industrial scale. You see, the core lie, when you are a child of a liar, pardon me, the liar, When you are a child of the liar, you cannot stand the truth. I once talked to someone. I got to try to get her on the show. Uh, She is a religious radio host, has a Christian radio host, has a very, very well-regarded national show, pretty big show. She once did a show about exorcisms and was kind of doubting that they're real. And then she had some people on who were former Satanists. And then they said, listen, we hated those. Those terrified us. She said, what are you talking about? She goes, no, no, these were Satanists who told her, having Christians in our presence terrifies us. The name of Christ, it terrified us. And it was physical. It was physical. To hear the name of Jesus, it made us physically sick and scared and, 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 and want to hide. She said it was one of the most chilling things she'd ever experienced. And this lady wraps up her commentary. On people of other faiths around the country who have different beliefs. And one of the interesting things that came about in recent weeks is a synagogue in Florida that is actually going to challenge Florida's abortion law because they say that absolutely has nothing to do with our theological beliefs and you can't impose them on us. So I think you're quite right to say part of the problem here is that we're having a conversation that is fundamentally about religion without calling it that. Yeah, except it doesn't have to be. It's about the Constitution. Good luck on the Florida case, by the way. Really, really good luck since it's not a religious case. I'm going to read some percentages for you. Tell me when you hear one that stands out, that really, really stands out. And then I'll tell you what they're about. 9%, 11%. 14.6%, Those are the percentages of pregnancies ended by abortion. The 51.5%, Washington, D.C. 90% of those Children killed in all likelihood, black. You remember that fence that the figurehead who was performing on stage erected to pretend that the white supremacists were coming to seize 
the Capitol. It's a good thing that they're not abortionists. It's all a lie. It's not hypocrisy. It is a spiritual aversion to the truth. By the way, those numbers on abortion are linked in the show notes if you want to see how your state is. You got to be in the Substack. People sometimes send me notes saying, how do I get the show notes? You got to be on the Substack. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's pray that the Lord will bring truth to far more people in this land and in fact on this globe because he's not the God of America. He's the God of all.